welcome, welcome to our very first bonus episode. And what I mean by bonus episode, meaning that we are recording this and we have no idea when it's actually going to be posted. <laughs> so it is me, Lindsay, and I am bringing back a guest that is actually... <laughs> I, I'm shocked decided to come back because I forced her to do it the first time and I'm shocked she was so willing to do another one. My sister, Ryan. Hi guys. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. So if Ryan's here, that means we are doing a Pixar themed episode. It's one of the only things I know. I will say, I, I told I said this last time. I consider Ryan the Pixar ep, uh, what is it? Pixar expert of our group. You know, there's yeah. me, there's Allie, there's Dom, we have our other friends, and Ryan is who we have dubbed the Pixar expert, <laughs> who we turn to when we want to talk about Pixar content. I'm happy I have that place. <laughs> so, Allie and I decided that, you know, like I said, this podcast is something we do for fun. We do not make money off this podcast, so we take our summer breaks, we take our winter breaks. But we decided, you know, whenever we have free time, we're going to record some bonus content that way. We have some extra episodes to throw around whenever we feel like it. Because you know what? This is our show and we do what we want. So I don't even know what to talk about because I'm like, I can't do updates because I don't even know when this episode's going to be uploaded. So I don't how's, know. how's I, life, Rye? I don't know. It kind of feels fun because I'm a part of like this mystery. Like, <laughs> when is this coming out? Like, when am I ta- I'm talking to you in the future. I know. Oh, my God. Like, where am I going to be when this comes out? I think that's fun. You know what? That's kind of kind of a, a weird topic right now. So I'll throw this out there. I don't even care. We just saw Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll date the time we're recording yeah. this episode. So talking about, like, the future and time and everything is just... It's too much right it's, now. It's way <laughs> too much right now. But we're just going to jump into it. So... What we're going to be talking about this episode is something that I'm honestly shocked isn't talked about more, and it's the Pixar theory. Something that's going to confuse us even more than the movie we just saw. Oh my god, yes! Oh my god, we saw multiverse and we're talking about... Like a, a Pixar A multiverse. Pixar universe multiverse. Oh my god. It's like the only multiverse I can maybe understand. Literally. So we just saw the Marvel multiverse, now we're jumping into the Pixar as far as we know, it's just a Pixar universe. Yes. Listen, Pixar, we can't handle another multiverse, so let's just stick with the one Pixar universe right now. So the Pixar theory is actually a book that was published, or sorry, written by John Negroni. I apologize if I didn't pronounce his name correctly. I think you did a good job. I tried. But this book was published in 2015, and of course there are a lot of YouTube videos on it, Um, but we uh, watched a lot of videos on it on YouTube by the Super Carlin Brothers. We want to give credit where credit is due. This is obviously not something we completely came up with on our own, the Pixar (laughs) Theory. No way. The Pixar Theory is a published thing, though. Like, this isn't just, like, TikTok, Instagram, like, he said, she said. This is actually a published theory, which to me is crazy. Yeah. So we decided, um, and again, guys, we could probably have an entire podcast just on the Pixar theory. This is one episode. We are going to be doing 
the basics here. And mm-hmm. Ryan will come back. We're going to do a lot of episodes on this as fun bonus episodes, but we're starting with the basics. And I am going to hand Ryan the reins. Um, I, not that I don't know what I'm talking about, but Ryan, you should see the notebook Ryan's got going <laughs> right now. Yeah. So, before we started, um, Lindsay was like, can I take a look at your notes to see if we have like the same kind of thing? And I was like, don't even bother because it's not going to make sense to you. No. And I respect that. <laughs> also, before we get into the nitty gritty, I do want to say it is the end of the school year. Um, my voice is shot. I still sound like a groggy old man. And I apologize for it. So if you hear me sipping on my green tea with honey, I apologize. That's but, fine. Sip your tea. And I'll I'm not give giving you, tea. Folks. I'll give you the tea. I mean, is this actually considered tea? Because it's a published fact. I don't know. I mean, the way I'm going to present it, it's probably there's going to be some tea. And, oh, I guess we should say we are going in chronological order of the movies. We are not going in movie release date order we are going in timeline chronological order so this the way we're gonna do it so there's 18 movies that we are going to be covering and we're going to be going in the order that the theory presents that they occurred yes right so starting all the way i mean i guess we'll just Just dive right into it i mean the first one is a given the first one, there's not much to say because, I mean, you can't argue with this. We start with the good dinosaur. I mean, Jesus, yeah. I mean, objectively, you start with the dinosaurs roughly 200 million years ago. Who actually knows? I, no one knows. You can do the math. I mean, everywhere says between 66 million to 240 million years ago, dinosaurs reigned. Yeah, so, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but... The thing I found interesting about this, because The Good Dinosaur, I mean, this is my opinion, I don't think it's that great of a movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like it more than I actually did. But to me, the interesting thing here is that in The Good Dinosaur, the the meteor doesn't wipe out the dinosaurs. And yeah. I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I'm just kind of being very loose here. The dinosaurs eventually start being wiped out by, like, severe weather patterns, I believe. Like... Yeah. And that's what causes the main dinosaur to go on, like, on his little adventure. I don't even remember his name. But, um, yeah. Dinosaurs start being wiped out, but that's what happens. But the interesting part of the theory here is that since dinosaurs weren't killed by this meteor, they were around a lot longer, which means they started to develop intelligence exactly and you see in the movie that dinosaurs actually low-key invented agriculture Mm-hmm. so they grew their own society and everything yeah. even more so than humans exactly so this is why that in the pixar universe animals have intelligence animals are able to talk and like do things because the dinosaurs weren't wiped out so animals were able to develop intelligence in the long run and that's why in the Pixar universe like animals can talk basically. But I'll attest to that. I mean there's a few plot holes that we'll discuss along the way that don't completely discredit the theory but pose some questions about some inconsistencies but yes it's interesting because Animals are intelligent in this movie, but, you know, as we go, we don't see that again in the theory for a few more movies, like Intelligent Animals again. Yeah. But it does at least introduce that 
in the Pixar universe, animals will have that ability. Yeah. And even more so than to speak, but to just, like, live their own lives. <laughs> Literally. So, I mean, that's a real easy-peasy one. You got anything else to say? No, that? like I said, the first couple I don't have too much to say about. Like, so are we ready to move on? So, the second one going in, I mean, there's a big time jump here. Because then we jump to the 14th or 15th century in medieval Scotland for Brave. Brave and Merida. Yes. Sorry, shout out to Annie. I can't talk about Merida without giving a shout out to Annie. <laughs> yeah, so this is where we get into the era. This movie and the next movie. I have a few different eras we're going to go through throughout the 18 movies. This era is called Humans Are Awesome. Humans? Did you name that or is that I know. I named it. I named a few eras. We're starting with Humans Are Awesome. I'm down. I mean, I guess era number one is Dinosaurs Are Smart. Okay. Now we're Humans Are Awesome. We go into Brave where it's like all about like woman empowerment awesome i'm always into that yeah i really didn't have much i mean to me the only they connected the witch like that Mm -hmm. the witch is the thing that connects brave to the pixar universe and this is one of those things where i will admit like i'm basically stupid because this has been explained to me multiple times a lot of people think that the witch from brave is boo From Monsters, Inc., but I don't get that. For the whole theory to make sense here, and I guess we'll talk about it again when we get to Monsters, Inc., but for the theory to work, essentially what has to happen is the doors in Monsters, Inc., where they, obviously, they get dropped off, they go into the human world to scare them for their energy. Um, The doors have to allow time travel, so yeah. what people believe is that Monsters, Inc. is set so far into the future that we will see as we talk about it, that when the monsters are stepping into the doors, they are traveling back in time to when humans still existed. Mm-hmm. So people are posing the theory that if the monsters were time traveling through the doors, that Boo, as she grew older, somehow found a way to harness the time traveling and, you know... Was then somehow the witch in Brave, but one big thing that does connect this theory is that in Brave, we do see a wood carving. And that's what I was going to say. In the witch's house of Sully. So people obviously then connect that Boo grew up to be this witch, you know, with the memories as a child of this experience that in this time, we were in obviously the 14th, 15th century in Scotland. No, the, the monsters technically don't happen until, I mean, spoiler alert, the year 4,500 at minimum. Dang. So we are just a little bit far off from that. So maybe yeah. it makes sense as to why people, you know, this is why people think witches are crazy because stuff that happens to them actually happens in the future, I guess. I mean, I feel like you, I mean, look again, look at the movie we just watched. You can't, yeah. I feel like you can't be a witch and also be mentally stable. And I That's don't mean true. that in a rude way. I love I mean, how could you be mentally stable if you were a child? Yeah. And like monsters were like your friends. Yeah, I will say this is my least favorite part of the theory just because it is such a loose thing. Because to me, the only thing that validates this is that there is a carving of Sully in Brave. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense to me because 
you know, when we are in Monsters, Inc., it is very futuristic. Yeah. So it does, I mean, it's never really proven in Monsters, Inc. that they are time traveling back. I mean, it's basically just said, like, they're in current time. They're just going to a kid's house in current time. Yeah. But, I mean, it's something that's never been proven or disproven. So in order for the theory to be intact, that's something we have to believe. Which is not too far off. I think it's interesting. I mean, Monsters, Inc. is personally my favorite Pixar movie. And believing in the fact that Boo like grew up to be a witch like a psychotic old lady in the woods yeah yeah i'm into that i mean so the the theory with brave connects really heavily to the witch and not so much the actual main character which is interesting but i mean the whole movie does at least cover a big chunk of time because where we're jumping to next is quite further down in the future again and we are going to jump to the 1950s and 60s for our third movie, The Incredibles. The Incredibles. I forgot about this one. I mean, I guess you could also lump in Incredibles 2 yeah, into this because yeah, they're pretty close in They're time. pretty much back-to-back back in Back-to-back. I mean, the kids are the same age. So, I mean, that's why um, with The Incredibles, the theory presents that it took place in between the 1950s and 60s because there was two movies within that time frame. Um, this is my second and third movie in the era of humans are awesome. Yeah. I mean, because that's what the Incredibles are. They are superhuman. This starts, you know, the whole superhero, superhuman type of thing. And then we have incredible technology that was actually um, created by Syndrome, which is the villain in The Incredibles, obviously. Syndrome was a huge fan of Mr. Incredible and then was kind of slighted by him when he was younger um, and then grew up to be, like, kind of to defeat him. So the big, important, and notable thing about The Incredibles is that um, humans are becoming a lot more intelligent Um, and becoming a lot more smarter when it comes to the use of technology. And now we're also going to have, you know, technology presented as a danger in these movies now. Yeah, so one thing I thought that was interesting was, like, and I don't mean for this to sound, like, as intense as it does, but, like, in life, no matter what movie series it is, there's always that, like, I don't want to say struggle for power, but Syndrome introduces artificial intelligence, to the Pixar universe. Yeah. And that's where you kind of see humans start to kind of take a step back from that power and artificial intelligence kind of is stepping yeah. up. Um, the big thing here was as far as like to me for the Pixar theory, there wasn't too much. Like to me, the big part of the Pixar theory with the Incredibles is that we see the introduction of artificial technology, yeah. which, you know. Could be why toys are able to talk later down the line. Yeah, like this had to happen for the next movies in the theory to be able to happen as well. We needed, you know, an adaptation adaptation of technology moving into the future, that kind of thing. So I will make a quick comment of, um, so for those of you who are kind of like, all right, like this is like not, I don't get it. How does it connect to the other movies? One big thing with The Incredibles here is looking into other movies further down the timeline, like Finding Nemo. There is a Mm -hmm. boy reading a Mr. Incredibles comic book 
in the waiting room at the dentist office. And then also in Coco, there's a poster of the Incredibles family on the wall. So this directly proves that these happen in the same universe. And yeah. I... Is, is it factual or is it just believed that the Incredibles family is no longer around in Finding Nemo in Coco? Well, Or does so, it not even matter, honestly? I mean, I guess in a way it does matter because it kind of helps you place the movies better. So, you know, in these movies, if the Incredibles are proven to be passed away by this point, it kind of gives you, you know, an idea of how much further into the future, you know, how in Coco... We see a poster yeah. of the Incredibles in the Day of the Dead, you know, attire. So people present the theory that Coco, um, we're jumping a little ahead. Coco's a little up ahead. But well, we're still focused on the Incredibles. Yeah, that it presents the theory that the Incredibles are passed away by the time Coco oh, happens. Oh, okay, valid. But again, I feel like for the theory, it really isn't relevant if they're dead or alive yeah. it's just like clearly they're in the same universe exactly and that's all that matters that yeah. there is you know this poster in coco that says like they are at least celebrating the incredibles in some way and they are important heroes in their lives yeah so and something else i just want to throw out here since it's very time designated so something i was thinking about um to present I guess where things might not make sense. I mean, again, guys, this is a theory. Yeah. There's going to be holes and things that don't make sense. I'm but. a big, like, plot hole person. Like, even after we saw this movie tonight, I just came out to you, and I was, like, asking questions about, like, the multiverse and why Listen, people... I was talking about Hannah Montana plot holes the other day. Yeah. I'm, I need plot holes to be solved. I just have too many questions. We're, this, is, this requires some math. Yeah. Okay. So, this involves Up very quickly. Okay. And I'll explain why. So, in Up, Carl Fredrickson is 78 years old when the yeah. movie starts. Um, and then that movie was said to have taken place between, in the theory, roughly between 2011 and 2016. So, for, you know, I guess argument's sake, we'll say it was 2013 because that's right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So, he's 78. In the year 2013. All right. So then, according to Pixar Wikipedia, Ellie and Carl got married between the ages of 19 and 30 years old. So oh, again, yep, yep. again, for argument's sake, we're just going to put it right in the middle here. At Let's just say they got married at 25. Sure. Okay. Still doesn't sure. make sense. So the difference between those years, you know, he's 78 when the movie starts. They got married when they were 25. That's a 53-year difference. So they were married for roughly 53 years. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, 2013 minus 53 years of their marriage, which means they would have gotten married in 1960. Okay, so the beginning of the movie when we see the montage yeah. of them, you know, cute handprints on the mailbox, the you part know, that always cute, makes me feel adorable, <laughs> that took place. Essentially during the t same time as The Incredibles. Yeah. Um, so do we think, you know, we saw a very brief glance into that world, their world at that time. But did that seem like a technology-driven, like, villain and superhero ran world? Not at all. It was very classic. It was very 1960s. much what you would think the 50s and 60s would be like. 
And for further perspective, I mean, I don't, this doesn't really offer any argument. They were eight years old when they met. Carl and um, Ellie. Ellie were eight years old when they met for the first time. That would have been 1943. Yeah, Which would have been right before The Incredibles happened. I wish you guys could see my face right now. The question, like, I'm just, like, doing numbers. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I did warn you that there was going to be some math in here. But my main argument with this is that I guess it's, it's not much of an argument. Because that montage we see of when they first got married in 1960 was not much to be like, oh, that doesn't add up at all. That was not the same time, not the same universe as The Incredibles. I mean, I don't know. But it's just something, I guess, like I was thinking about. And my, I'll save my little Easter eggs for the end. Because, like I said, as you guys have figured out, Ryan's the one who got, like, really in-depth with the theory. I'm just like, Easter eggs. <laughs> but the one thing that I thought that was interesting with Up in the Theory was about... Um, oh, crap. What's the villain's name? The old guy. Charles Muntz. Yes. All right. This was the part of the theory I thought was super interesting. Because, so, just bear with me here. So, going back to the good dinosaur and how this is where animals were able to develop intelligence. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the arguments that people have is like, well, look at, like, the dog in Toy Story. It's just a normal dog. Yeah. Well, that's because, like, dogs and normal life animals you know, started growing with humans, with human interference. Well, look at a bird like Kevin in the movie Up. Kevin is off, is it its own, it's not its own planet. I was about to say its own planet. Its own area, I don't know. In Paradise Falls, no human interference. So Kevin grew intelligence and was able to evade this villain, Charles Muntz, for all these years. Yes, I guess Kevin can't really talk. But she can communicate well enough to, you know, like, literally do her own thing and outsmart Oh my humans. god, I forgot that Kevin ended up being a girl. Yeah, I know, it always confuses Cause me. Because I was like, wait, what? Oh, that's funny. And I then you look at the dogs, and this is where The Incredibles kind of ties in because because of Syndrome's AI technology, Charles Munch was able to make those collars for the dog for them to actually talk. Yeah, and that whole, like, crazy, bougie blimp he has yeah, or whatever right. like oh my god so that's again the deeper part of the pixar theory but let me of course give you my, my basics here there's actually a lot of easter eggs and up so many actually okay you know what? i'm so sorry i'm getting ahead of myself i got into this rant about up we're not even at up yet so i i already gave my two cents about up with yeah. The Incredibles, because we were technically still on The Incredibles. Yes. So I will save my Easter eggs for when we're there. Anyway. Yes. I, sorry, I went on my whole math year rampage. But unfortunately, I have to inform us that we're leaving the Humans Are Awesome era. Why? What's next? Um, so just bear with me for a second. We are going a um, little bit ways down the line, not too far. To 1997 uh, or 1998. The good old 90s. For the first Toy Story movie. Classic. We are entering the era of humans are kind of dumb. I mean, fitting. And uh, about everything else, even toys are a little bit smarter. Everything. So we got we got smarter we toys, smarter fish, smarter rats. <laughs> 
coming up in this era. So just, humans are just gonna go on the back burner for the next few movies. But yeah, here we are, Toy Story 1. I would say probably the most popular Pixar movie. I mean, maybe not the most popular, but like, I mean, Toy Story seems to me like the OG Pixar movie. I don't know. I would consider. I. It took me a minute to process what you were saying, but no, I honestly, now that I think about it, because I feel like Toy Story, it is the OG, isn't it? I feel like that was probably the first one to, like, come out. I, I mean, mean, if it's not the original, we're, it might as well me. be. <laughs> I mean, it It feels like it's Here's your me. homework, listeners. Fact check us, because we don't feel like doing it. But if it's not the actual OG, it might as well be. Yeah. It set the stage. Oh, it totally did. I mean, this movie is super 90s. I mean, especially from, like, the types of toys he's playing with, you know, the way the kids are dressing and the stuff you see on the TVs, you know. It's very 90s. I think it's very easy to argue that this is where it is. I mean, the movie did come out, I believe, in, like, 1999? 1998. Or 1998. You know what's so funny? So it's very, like, spot on. We do this every time Toy Story comes up. and I I, (laughs) We did this last time. No, because honestly, and I've talked to other people about it, um, it's like almost like in a Mandela effect. A lot of people remember Toy Story coming out in like 1991, 1992. It came out in 1995. I just fact checked. 1995. 1995. Oh my Toy god. Toy Story 2 was 1999. Okay. That's funny because I mean, we can just lump these together cuz the next one in the theory is 1999 Toy Story 2. All right, perfect. So, Toy Story 1 and 2 take up the next 3 years of the Pixar theory being in 1997, 98, and 99, um, pretty easy to connect, I would say. I mean, it also goes hand in hand with, you know, AI becoming such a big thing, you know, I guess, in a way, toys and factories somehow low key developed something AI. extra special put inside of them, a little extra loving in the, in the, <laughs> Extra loving in the cash. (laughs) Yeah. In the cash and cushion, padding, whatever the hell. They just came out real smart. Yeah, and this is where we first see this company called By and Large. And By and Large is a huge part of this Pixar theory. And where this really fits, or where Toy Story really fits in this, and I know this is going to sound weird, but the Pixar... Wow, I can't talk now. The Pixar theory, you know pretty much says that by and large created toys in order to harvest the power of human emotions, which, you know, we'll see later down the line in Monsters, Inc. But by and large is a huge part of the Pixar theory. So somehow they're harboring human emotions. And I do want to make a quick note. I'll save the details for later. But you also see the company by and large in... um, the movie Up, and you also see it mm-hmm. in Wally. But where you see it here is um, the battery on the batteries in Buzz Lightyear. It's the by and large company logo on the batteries. So that's a big Easter egg to look out for in the theory. Yeah. So. And another big cameo uh, between Toy Story 2 and A Bug's Life that we all know. A Bug's Life actually came out between Toy Story and Toy Story 2. Mm -hmm. So obviously in Toy Story 2, there was a lot of references to A Bug's Life since it had just come out recently before. So in Toy Story 2, um, first Andy 
does have a calendar that has, you know, the familiar, the bugs on it from A Bug's Life. Um, Mrs. Potato Head reads A Bug's Life book to her um, little, like, alien children or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, the toy barn is actually full of A Bug's Life toys. We see, obviously, I love, yes. the, I love Al's toy barn. But yeah, so that, you know, kind of connects the two Sounds in like, that me. universe yep. as well. You know? Bugs Life didn't have too much going on, I feel like, but I'll keep my no, mouth shut. No, really didn't. I mean, it was, um, actually, I just saw, it was actually Pixar's second movie. So Toy Story was the, the first, first, and then um, Bugs Life was the second, Toy Story 2 was the third. Yeah. So, is Bugs Life next on the timeline? No, it is not. Ah, uh, okay. I have a lot to say. Where Bugs Life fits in on this theory, I kind of have an argument to that, but it will get further. Uh, this is what I said. I'm letting Ryan run the show. This isn't my yeah. podcast today. Um, so I guess we'll move on. Four years later from 99, we're going into 2003 for Finding Nemo. Okay. So we are not out of the humans are dumb era yet, in my opinion. I mean, we're not terrible. I mean, there's it just a gets dentist. worse from here on out. And there's a dentist, I mean, but oh my god, that girl is super annoying, and I'll just... Darla? Qualify, yeah, I'm just gonna qualify that as dumb. That's dumb enough for me. Um, but Finding Nemo, I mean, also I would say a pretty iconic Pixar movie. And then we also throw in, I mean, Finding Dory was around the same time as well. Timeline-wise, Finding Dory did not pl- take place too long after the events of Finding Nemo in the Pixar universe. Yeah, I was going to say, Finding Dory, timeline-wise, doesn't really have a confirmed date, but if you look at the events of the story, it couldn't have been too long after Finding Nemo. Yeah, and I mean, there are a few connections from Finding Nemo in the universe, you know, things like we see Nemo on the wall in Monsters, Inc. at one point. Yes. In the restaurant um, in the beginning of the movie. Which is honestly morbid now that I think about it. I mean, yeah, because it is a sushi restaurant. <laughs> that's that's just, like, messed won't up. just think about that. And then we also see random, but we see Riley from Inside Out in Finding Dory. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that was one people weren't sure about at first, but then they're like, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's hard to connect Finding Nemo in physical ways into the theory because this is the only movie that takes place underwater for the most part. I mean, the only time we really go above land in Finding Nemo is when they're in the fish case. What do you call that? A fish tank. Fish tank. A <laughs> fish case. I mean, same sort of thing. But, and we're in the dentist's office, you know, yeah. or in Finding Dory, you know, we're in the aquarium, and that's actually where we end up seeing Riley. So they try to connect little things where they can. So there, this is, again, going to sound so stupid, and I don't want to focus too much on another movie yet, but it'll make sense when we get there. There's a mini connection with the movie Cars. Mm-hmm. So Cars, obviously, I believe, takes place in, like, the way, way down the future. Like, humans aren't even around in Cars. But there's a line from Cruz Ramirez where they say, or they say something like, oh, what are you doing, blah, 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 blah. Because she, like, swerved out of the way, and she's like, I didn't want to hit a crab. 
So that basically confirms that in cars, cars are not the only quote unquote living thing. And then um with that, did anyone is this a thing that like a Mandela effect or something? But isn't there a scene in cars where Mater goes like cow tipping? Yeah. So there's cows. There's animals. Yeah, there's animals or they reference animals at least. Yeah. But in finding Dory, the crabs were the animal that were like thriving amongst the trash because the part in Finding Dory where they get to the really like dirty polluted part of the ocean because they're getting near where like human existence is. Mm -hmm. They made a note about the crabs, you know, being the only ones thriving amongst like the dirty part of the ocean. So they, again, the Pixar theory is very loose sometimes, but that's how they directly connect Finding Dory with cars yeah, because of a crab. I mean, there's like little connections everywhere. I mean, you even see there's a Buzz Lightyear toy on the floor of the dentist's office. Yeah, and then you had said something about um, they're reading a Incredibles. Yeah, magazine. Lots of Easter eggs and finding in Nemo. the dentist's office as well. The little boy has a magazine with the Incredibles on the cover. So I mean, so many. Like I said, they tried to throw in as much as they could. In Finding Nemo and um, Finding Dory to yeah. kind of tie everything in. Because obviously we all know, like, Easter eggs are such a big thing to Pixar. And that's really where this theory stems from, is their use of Easter eggs. And you seeing, like, they have the A113. Oh, yeah. A113 is seen throughout, like, almost pretty much every Pixar movie. Tell it's- us why, Ryan. Okay, so A113... Like I just said, seen through like pretty every much everything. Movie. It's it's become such a thing throughout the years. So it's an inside joke and Easter egg in all like Pixar, even some Disney media developed by alumni of California Institute of the Arts. It refers to a classroom used by graphic design and character animation students, including um, John Lasseter, Tim Burton. Michael Pereza, Brad Bird, please. I'm trying my best with the names. I'm I'm a teacher and I'm terrible. I can barely speak English, okay. But yeah, so you see that, you know, on the license plate of Andy's mom's car, you know, you see it, everything. I can't, you know, but yeah, so you see that again. And then actually in Finding Nemo, you see A113 on the underwater camera reader at one part in the movie, so... It's just everywhere. But yeah, I mean, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, we all know. Amazing, but... So I guess we'll move four years down. Yeah, you got the calendar. The road again. (laughs) We went four years from 99 to 2003. Now we're going to 2007 for Rat Tat... Ratatouille. That was so extra, but okay. (laughs) I'm trying to add some pizzazz. You know I get excited about things. I... I like to, I, I clap, I sing. Yeah, Ryan claps I, when the roller coaster ends. I'm trying to give the energy that everyone's lacking. That's fine. So, I suck. Woo, I get it. Ratatouille. <laughs> um, again, I mean, I have this lumped into humans are dumb era because, I mean, a rat, a rat is out cooking all of you. Mm-hmm. And Respect. I mean, if it... If it takes a rat for you to rethink your life, I think there's something going on here, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so with Ratatouille, you know, uh, pertaining to Pixar's theory, 
Um, up, here we go again. I mean, up. It's all up. I mean, up really, I feel like with, the same with Monsters, Inc., up holds a lot of the theory together and, like, has a lot of references to it. So, you know, pertaining to the theory, up comes after Ratatouille. Up is going to be a few more years down the line. We have not even reached that yet. But this kind of, I think, helps prove the animal's intelligence theory of how when animals are more separated from society, they have intelligence because we see, you know, in Up, the dogs needed the collars, you know, because they were around humans. But, you know, we have Remy, you know, who was like Kevin, apart from society, you know, the good dinosaur. These animals were separated from humans. I mean, and look at how smart Remy was. I mean, all of the rats were yeah. all completely, you know, had their own society, things like that. So I think that kind of helps prove it a yeah. little bit. There was a theory going along. Now, this isn't exactly about the Pixar universe. This is just like a theory about the movie in general about, what was it? That uh, Remy and Anton Ego are connected. That Remy learned how to cook in the same house where Anton grew up. If you don't know, Anton is that like evil, creepy food critic that ends mm-hmm. up loving Ratatouille. Um, actually, one of the animators completely shut this theory down. The uh, animator Brad Bird with Pixar said that's not true. So I thought that was kind of interesting when I was doing research for this episode. Yeah. So that was just a fun fact. I, that has nothing to do with the theory, actually, but I thought it was interesting. The point I had in regards to the theory, and again, a very loose one, but they basically say it's like, oh, Remy is the first animal to take on the human activity of cooking so again that animal intelligence and then again what other movie do we see animals serving humans up with the dogs and charles munt so it's like i think it it furthers animal because we saw in finding nemo animals and humans did not have direct contact like this so the big thing with Ratatouille is that it really revolutionized the direct contact yeah. of humans and animals because you know we saw in you know in Finding Nemo. I'm I'm going off what you're saying right now. In Finding Nemo, there there was no contact between humans and animals at all. Yeah. But now it's becoming. I mean, obviously, when people found out about Remy in the movie, they were disgusted and horrified, like. Oh, a rat can, you know, not even cook, but a rat's touching my food and a rat can speak. But... Which, can I, like, backtrack for a second here? Can we talk about how intelligent the fish are in Finding Nemo? How they are literally able to bounce from the, the fish tank to a coffee mug to a truck to driving the truck to back to the ocean and somehow yeah. no humans noticed this and honestly they are the smartest of all because they just avoided them humans exactly so at anyway, all costs moving on i just need but, to throw that in there yeah i mean so that's a really big key change in the theory to me um is that ratatouille now animals and humans can kind of be as one yeah in a way and they are kind of merging together and that's becoming more of a thing that's about it yeah all right next movie so year three more years we're going to 2010 for toy story 3 oh my favorite The, the best most emotional like i think i don't think any other pixar movie 
like did that to me. I, I mean, mean, I bawled my eyes out on the episode talking yeah, about Toy Story. Yeah, I mean, Story. that's true. I mean, cuz we thought Toy Story 3 at the time was going to be the end. That was Don't it. even go don't even go there. Yeah. Just let no. Nope, yeah. <laughs> keep going. If you want to relive all that, you can go listen to the well, the Pixar breakdown, you know. Um, but Toy Story 3 and I mean Toy Story 4 did not take place too much longer after this because as we know at the end of Toy Story 3 I mean for theory's sake um, okay Toy Story 3 at the end Andy gives her toys to Bonnie yeah and I mean in Toy Story 4 it's more about the toys shortly after that to my knowledge so we can kind of like bump those in but I mean there's a lot in Toy Story 3 that like little easter eggs that connect I mean there's a letter, there's like a postcard for Andy that's from, it says from Carl and Ellie. Love it. So, a little bit of Carly and Ellie Fredrickson up a Which, homage. to do a reverse Easter egg, you see Lotso tangled in the balloons in Up. Oh, yeah, you see in yep. the, yeah, yeah, you do. Um, and then also, um, we said... There is a kid in the, uh, what is it, like the daycare? Yes. Where all the toys are, who has a Lightning McQueen shirt on. Mm-hmm. Which is also interesting in a way, because in the theory, there's a little bit more time till they get to Cars. Yeah, which is, again, one of the plot holes of the theory. So, there's something like that, but there is um, a connection like that. There is a, so, a lot of people say that is a plot hole, but there is a a quote-unquote valid reason, but I will save that for when we get to Cars because that's going to require a huge explanation for why that girl would be wearing a Lightning McQueen shirt before Cars even took place. Mm, I mean... Dun, dun, time, dun. time travel is a thing. I mean, if we think about it, Brave was the second movie, and that witch was time traveling, so this whole time, time travel could have been a thing. I mean... Brave was the beginning, I mean, we'll get to it, but Monsters, Inc. is all the way at the end. So if time travel was a thing this whole time, it is just infinite loops of, like, time jumping. But... I got you. <laughs> the arm movements were great. Yeah, I mean, if you could... I'm scooping <laughs> the air. I mean, like, and I'm going down as if there's just, like, loops yeah. going into holes. All right. <laughs> Anything else for Toy Story 3? Um, so with Toy Story 3 and 4, I mean, that kind of wraps up the first half of the theory pretty nice. I mean, because next... We're, yeah. So we are, we, halfway through this, we, this is going to be a two-parter. All right, so we're ending the theory at the year 2010. I think this is a good place to stop. Toy Story 3 is a great place to stop. So be on the lookout for the Pixar Theory Part 2. Yeah. Because we just have a lot of things to say because the Pixar Theory is a lot. So thanks for listening. You'll be hearing from us again in Part 2. So it's not goodbye. It's see you really, 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 really soon in Part 2. And make sure you come back because we're going to start the year 2011. And who doesn't love 2011? So what movie are we starting with? And we're starting with Up. And we're going to talk forever about it. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I am glad we ended it here because that's a lot. (laughs) Because that's going to be like 40 minutes in itself. Oh, God. All right, guys. Bye.